0: Duff Podcasts. Warning, this episode contains strong language and has references to sexual abuse, which some may find upsetting. Listener discretion is advised.
1: knowing that that you've committed yourself to go to prison if this is part of it okay let's let's see it through if it's apartheid you have to front it all the way no matter what all the way former Minister of Fine Arts and Associate Minister of Culture for the Polynesian Panthers. They come to my door, handcuffed, phone in the car, down essential. I run through our um, legal aid booklet, remain calm, don't be smart. go into an interviewing room and there's screens. Unbeknownst to us at that time, police surveillance. This is you. And this is such and such. No 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 no. He's a protester against apartheid. They say the KCs. They say the boss. He's a protester against apartheid. He's a protester against apartheid. He's a protester against apartheid. No names. I'm on bail. But, knowing that what's coming is court cases, and eventually prison, never been there before, you can't go through that and not expect consequences, eh? I mean, in my head, and a lot of times I felt, I'm going against the government, I'm going against the law, all of that, you know, and the big bogey is apartheid, while you weigh it up. Which is worse? (laughs) About that, The guys I was with, they were a bit, you know, not as politicized, they weren't Polynesian Panthers. I knew my duty, I had to see this whole thing through. It's okay brothers, we're in this together, you're not on your own, there's a huge thing that we're doing. Pleaded guilty. 12 months, fuck. Mount in prison. You're given your clothing, your bedding, and you're in line with everybody else. The inmates already, they're looking to pick out who's who, if I can squeeze him or join him in, in our gang prospecting, you know. When they heard protesters were in prison, everybody's got to, you know, they're coming to get us kind of thing. For a start, we're wimps, we're not gangsters, but... We're protesters, you know, what? Protester, fuck off. One morning I saw a group of guys, five guys, go into this person's, he was a bikie, tall, Bailangi fella, go into his cell, close the door, and my head is, ah, oh, ah, I just sleep with a dustpan under my bed, you know, metal dustpan under, under my pillow. Every now and then, you know, You kind of get that, nobody really knows, I'm going to die in here.
2: Our families are part of a long line of people born and bred in the small islands of the South Pacific. But in the 1950s, our parents looked for a new life in Aotearoa, making us the first generation of New Zealand-born Pacific Islanders.
3: But later, in the 1970s, when the economy faced challenges, some New Zealanders started to see our presence as a problem.
1: Newspaper headlines claimed we were violent and dangerous.
3: And the government said we took Kiwi's jobs.
2: The government wanted us out.
1: Like the Black Panther movement in the United States, we decided to seize the time. It was time to be heard. It was time to mobilise. It was time to fight back. We formed the Polynesian Panther Party.
2: Our aim was to strike at the core of racism and provide a voice for our community. But leading our people to
1: fight for a fair and just society wasn't without sacrifice. This
2: is our history. These are our words.
1: The soldiers who fought apartheid were picked up one by one by the police for their role in the protests, and their trials lasted for two years.
3: Ketaito, Panther Youth. I, I knew that lots of my the bros were being arrested for the Springbok tour. We were in this bar, a tap on the shoulder, and there was a cop. He goes, "Can we have you site? I says, "About what?" about the Springblatt tour and I knew, and I went, oh, right. oh yeah." During that time, we were on bail. All of us got together and we decided this. We shouldn't um, recognise the courts. We should all defend ourselves. We got some lawyers to help us with our defence and explain to us how we should approach it and the protocols and all that. The trial was um, was well, great from our perspective because, you know, we made a mockery really.
1: The trials were another form of protest.
3: We wouldn't stand up for the, the judge. You have to stand up or we'll hold you in contempt. And we all gave him the finger. So they adjourned. Then so we had a little quick meeting outside and they said, how are we going to get through this, you know, blah, blah, blah. Up to use. You just get fucking stand. We're not standing. The compromise was we were stand outside the courtroom when the judges came in and says, please all stand, and everybody would stand, and when they sit, we are walk in. And then half past 11, she she'd when it walks, and she walks with all this ball up and comes into the public gallery at one time there and puts the pots down. She's says, kai's up, kai's up, whoa, and we all caught up, and the judges going, what? They were objecting, they were, oh, we just went, oh, after our kohana, it it's all so good. <laughs> Don't worry about it, Judge. It just went downhill for the court proceedings, and it just, it, it turned into a nightmare for them. I got six months ago.
4: Will Ilola here, co-founder of the Polynesian Panther Party. I knew I was going to get picked up, and yeah, sure enough, I got picked up. A lot of our troops were done straight away, you know. All the soldiers, like Feke and Tang, and all of them, they got arrested straight away. We got picked up later on, and they were questioning us. At that time, I was facing twenty-four charges for inciting a riot, unlawful assembly. We were told to plead not guilty. Through my trial you know, they were saying, is this you? And I said, no, it's not me. We all look the same to you. You can see it in the footage of the police where, you know, I'm the, and the guy in the red helmet, you know, because my, my thing fogged up. So I took my helmet off because, as I said, it was getting hot. They it, is this you, Mr. Lalehia? Oh, well, you know. And when all the facts were getting, all the evidence that they prosecuting were coming up, I was quite surprised, actually, of how much stuff they had against me, you know phone taps the whole shebang. I was looking at 10 years, my, my lawyers were saying shit, well, you're going, you're going down. And we heard that the Hart people were uh, trying to get Bishop Desmond Tutu to, to come over, so our legal sort of said to him, well, well let's try and get him over to be a,
5: a character witness for us. John Minto, I was part of Hart in the National Anti-Party Committee. We got hold of um, Tutu, he came as a guest of the Anglican Church, invited by the Anglican Bishop um, Paul Reeves. There was a bit of press about the
4: fact he was coming to Aotearoa, but a lot of people didn't know that he was actually specifically coming into to
5: be our star witness. It was a tactic to bring him there, yep. I mean, people were facing very serious charges. Most of the people involved in Patu squad, they were charged with unlawful assembly and riot, and I'd been charged with unlawful assembly in a separate trial.
4: Bishop Desmond Tutu uh, came into the courthouse, and he was in his full regalia. We organised amongst our our supporters that they all stand up when the Archbishop came in. Public gallery all stood up, and then we, of course, stood up and as he was walking towards the witness box prosecution was standing up and all the police and uh, wardens and all that were attention the jury stood up the judge was just about to stand up and then I think the judge woke up and read it oh I'm the
5: judge here <laughs> and that was the man of the guy this was a man with enormous manner, power and charisma goes up to the witness box he gets up there and then Honey Harawira was cross-examining him, talking to him about what's apartheid, what does it mean in South Africa and um, what does the world say about this? What should people of goodwill be doing? What do you think the solution is? And talking about, you know, the boycotts and what have you. And he said, these people are not criminals. These people
4: are freedom fighters.
5: Trials were strung out over two years. This was a cr- critical time in the trial.
4: Ralphie did that, and we went down to the cells and that kind of stuff because there was time in such a way that this was just like our last pitch. Being in and out of court and, you know, doing all the legal aid schemes, we know that if you called up real quick, you're done. An hour and ten minutes we get caught up to uh, go back to court. So I was like, oh fuck, here it is. So I was priming myself, you know, and I was more, all the time I was worried about how, how I was gonna tell mum and dad. You know, how would my mother take this? You know, cause I, like I said, I was already ready for 10 years, man. And I knew that if I got in there, I was gone. So I get up there, you know, getting ready, you know, to be told guilty. And when the jury said, "Not guilty, And when I heard that, you know, not guilty, man, it was like, shit. And Because um, I knew technically I was guilty, man. And as I was coming out of the court case, you know, all the jurors were waving at me and all that kind of number. I just wanted to get out of that place. You know, I just wanted to get out. But as I was going past, all the cops that, that were, you know, wagged back from the Panther days, the big patrol, the task force, the blimmin' gaunt, you know, all those kind of things, they, they just looked at me and said, fucking get you, you're
5: liar. and I thought,
4: fuck, I took that serious, because I could see they were pissed off, you know, they finally were able to nab me, and I, I was pissed off that I had to take a black man to tell the country that I'm born, that I did this for you. That was really what I was pretty pissed off about, that, you know, that I had to get a guy from South Africa to come and tell New Zealand that what I did was okay. There was a planned trip to go to Tonga. My mum and dad were quite shocked when when we were about to come home and I said, no dad, I'm staying, I'm staying. Dad, dad couldn't believe it, you know, he just said, what, staying here, what are you gonna do, what are you gonna do? because I knew that I will be done or killed or something.
1: We heard that Bishop Tito had come over and stood up in court and got everybody off. There were 30 other people and more was included in that. We were very happy about that. My cell. You got a bed, and enough room to do press-ups. And I had a a, a window bars, and I could see the opposite wall beside me, and I saw these pigeons. (laughs) You lucky bastards, you know, oh, fuck you. Oh, you're cool. Oh, wow. Oh, don't go there. Oh, okay. Next morning, there they are again. Oh, cool. Hello. You know, you're going crazy in here. I mean, you're sitting in the yard up there and you see buses going by over the wall. And you think, wow, there's a life out there, you know, and this is a world within a world. Think about mom and home and freedom and all of that. Uh, Miriamma, well, she used to come in and keep contact with me and let me know what's happening. My son, my sister brought him up to Mount Eden Prison to visit me and I told her, don't bring him back here again, because I don't want him to see me there, you know. And um, that was it, and I never wanted to see uh, him while I was in prison again, Uh, too hard. You're always wondering, will I make it out of here alive? I'm gonna die in here. Oh mm, shit, you know. Ficky mm. really looked after me.
3: His word was
1: law in there.
3: By the time I was going on to 15, I'd, I'd fallen in love with Tigernama, as my parents say. They're definitely always there for me, and so I'd run away from home the social workers would get me after a few days, take me back and so to pick up a cycle. Take me back home, running away, until they made me a state ward, put me in foster cares around the city, and I'd just run away from there and take off to Cromer Road, end up back at and I
1: couldn't be by myself. Can't be isolated, because that's when they start picking me up. But is stood up, you know, as a leave him alone. I used to wake up in the morning and he was by the foot of my bed.
3: I was 20, I think, and uh, I was quite well known in that world. When we first went in there, we were all in what they called the association room. That's where all new inmates go. That night, I heard a lot of our voices and I looked at the people and there was like four inmates and I knew them all. One of them who I knew I said to him, how come all the users are here tonight? Come get those protesters. I said to him, well, I'm with them. They said, I'll just stay out of the room, bro. And I said, nah, bro, it's not happening. And what are you going to do? And I said, I don't know, bro, you just do what you have to do and I'll find out what I'm going to do. You know, I was so happy to be to be there for a thing, you know, and I, yeah, make sure nothing ever did. Whatever happens, Ray, you just stick with me. I wasn't gonna need anything with them.
1: I seen cues outside a person's cell, you know, and you know they've done wrong. But like figures says you just mind your own business. Don't get involved. The others that went in with me one ended up in a group that were murderous criminals. And Fiki warned him, don't go with those people. Well, he ended up with those people. They probably stood over him. They forced him to get his wife to bring in money to protect them. And another one, young one, his demeanor changed. He never spoke openly again. And yet when we went in, we were all bow to the people and brothers and stuff. And then one day, and this is at Mount Eden, You know, his whole demeanour changed and I knew something had gone wrong. You know, something had happened to him. He got sent to a different place. I reckon he got raped. I know for a fact I would have been raped by other inmates who had beef about something and they just, it's like the guy on my right cell picks on me because he's been picked on by the fellow next to him and so it goes around. And I'm expected to do the same thing. And if it wasn't for Feki, they leave him alone. They left me alone.
4: If I self-exiled myself in Tonga, at least I had an option, you know, I could go uh, to another country that I'm part of. I got entrenched into my Tongan culture and got a Tongan passport. The island's a totally different way of living. I had confrontations with the local Tongan community. It was hard, man, because, you know, people were sort of saying, what are you doing here? All my mates up there would saying, hey, ooh, can you set us up with a contract to get some mutton flaps and da-da-da, you know, for New Zealand? I said, nah. Hey, can you, you know, talk to Nestles Cafe, you know, Nestles for the da-da-da-da? Uh, nah. <laughs> you know, I was just anti-New Zealand, man. I was just pissed off. And, you know, never flew a New Zealand flight again, never ate any New Zealand food, you know, just anti-New Zealand. I never, you know, I never felt like a Kiwi anymore.
1: Now I did nine months until the minute that you step out that gate, you're still in there. Will I make it till tomorrow morning? Because there's always that last minute somebody wants to get a reputation. They know that they're leaving tomorrow morning. Oh, they get the bash. They retaliate. Your sentence goes on and on and on. When I actually came out of prison, it was kind of overcast. I think I had about $24. I felt lost and disorientated. I didn't know what to do next. What I should have done, really, was get down on my knees and kiss the ground and, hallelujah, I'm free. I allowed my wife at the time to lead me, you know, to wherever she had planned, you know. All I knew was I was out of there and I'm free. I didn't even know about getting into a car and driving away to where. Didn't even think about finding a job. You know, that, that thought never crossed my mind um, until a couple of weeks later when, you know, then you start thinking back into some kind of normality. Even though i done the time and that, we were still persecuted, especially for the Panthers. You know, we went against the system and we got done. It wasn't acceptable, not even with the newer people, he got he got imprisoned for fighting the police and you know all of that. That black sheep stigma. Spiritually we were all hurt. No counselling, nothing like that. So we all had to dig deep and more or less hide. Couldn't find work. What was your last job? I was in prison. Ah, no, never mind. That went on for a long period of time you know. And you have to tell the truth, you know, some people don't, and they get caught out. And It's very hard to get a a job. I did this labour hire thing, which took me to Green Lane Hospital. The human resources woman, she liked what I did and she asked me if I could stay. I hid in the dungeons of Green Lane Hospital. For eleven years.
0: The Prime Minister's called a general election for Saturday, July the fourteenth, which is just four weeks away.
2: We got a date. That doesn't give you much time to run up to an election, Prime Minister doesn't give my opponents much time to run up to an election, does it?
1: At Parliament today, a start will be made on preparations for the formal handing over of power from Sir Robert Muldoon's National government to the new Labour government of David Long.
2: Explosions rang out from the 40-metre ship at about midnight. Rainbow warrior didn't go to a warrior's death. She sank in her sleep just after midnight tied up in an Auckland Wharf. I'm going to give it to you if you hold your breath. Just for a moment. <laughs> I can smell the uranium on it as you lean towards the <laughs>
0: There has been a nuclear accident. One of the atomic reactors at the Chernobyl atomic power plant in the city of Kiev was damaged. It was in
2: the course of the U.S. effort to explore and work in space. There's never been anything like what happened today. Less than two happened. minutes after liftoff, the rocket speeding the shuttle at 2,000 miles an hour exploded. David Cook!
0: And that surely is the drive that clinches... For New Zealand. Auckland
5: followed the other major world markets this morning. Panic selling in the wake of the Wall Street crash wiped more than $4 billion off the market value in less than an hour. Any hopes they had of stopping the West Berliners destroying the wall were soon dashed. As dozens of young men pulled on a rope and chains, the chant went up Mauer weg, down with the wall.
0: The Prime Minister has resigned. In a shock announcement only minutes ago, Mr. Longhi said he'll tender his resignation to the Governor General.
2: They know when it hits the bottom, it'll be 1990. Goodbye to the 80s in three, two, one.
3: Happy New Year!
0: For 27 years, six months, and six days, he had been a prisoner. Nelson Mandela, the leader of the African National Congress, he is a free man.
2: I accordingly declare Mr. Nelson Rolihlahla Mandela, duly elected president of the Republic of South Africa. On
1: the At Green Lane Hospital, I digitised millions of x-rays. I was there for 11 years. Nelson Mandela, he came here in 1995. I went along to to that, Will was there. I was born in the city, I was
4: raised in the street. I built up a bit of confidence to come back, but I came through on my tongue and passport. So I came in, you know, snuck in, and I thought, oh, yeah, okay, So, so I came in like that.
3: Dear friends and comrades, you chose to speak out and to act when it was less fashionable to do so. You put the well-being of South Africans before your own. You elected to brave the beitons and pronounce that New Zealand could not be free when other human beings were being subjected to a legalized and cruel system. Of racial oppression.
1: Thanked all of us that were locked up for the protests, and for everybody that was involved in the protests, it with Nelson Mandela. Look at me now. I'll never forget it. I mean, that's one of the highlights. You know.
3: Together, we have the power to move mountains. I thank you.
1: While the factory was my future and the ghetto was my grave. Don't I was just happy to see the man and meet him and know that he lived you know cause um there's always that he could have been like Steve Biko. It vindicated my being locked up. 1981... Nelson Mandela was in prison, and when he heard that this tiny country in the South Pacific were fighting in the streets over the apartheid South Africa, it, he said it was like a ray of sunshine shone into their cells.
4: It took me that long before I be, you know felt like I was a Kiwi again. I'm proud to be a Kiwi mate. Our country here, we're a country of revolutionaries. What what we did in the Panthers is nothing new for Kiwis. I mean, you know, look look at the or well, the women suffragettes, when they stood up for um, woman's right to vote. If there's anything I and I, I would like people to know, that what we did in the Panthers and that kind of stuff, Kiwis, if they were on the same wavelength, they would have done the same thing.
1: Like the ray of sunshine that entered Mandela's cell on Robben Island, my light at the end of the tunnel, or my hope, came to me through music. I hid for 11 years before I could come out and face the reality and start up my band again, which had got broken up when I got locked up. I would formed a band about 1975, and my band was Unity
5: no so we-
1: I found that in prison, music helped me focus and stay sane. I had to let out all that anger and frustration against the injustices, somehow, besides laying my life on the line, now I do it through music.
0: In the next episode of once a panther joining the panther saved
2: mark a lot of our young people are struggling with identity the strongest form of protest was to be successful
1: i still keep active 50 years later we're protesting at the same church but uh, over a different immigration matter my experience as the panthers i felt like i could take on the
4: world i thought i was when i was doing all this action for our communities I was doing it for my kids. But in hindsight, I sacrificed my quality time
0: with them for the revolution. It cost me a lot. Long, long this episode is dedicated to the memory of Wahine Toa Mariama Rohihines. We'll The Panther is a stuff podcast, written, produced, mixed and edited by Brad Flayhive and Alex Liu. Original music by Andrew Faliatua. Songs Thou We Are and From Street to Sky are written and performed by Tingi Lau Ness and Unity Pacific and are available on all major streaming platforms. Additional creative input by Stuff's podcast director, Adam Dudding. Executive produced by Carol Hirschfeld. If you want to know more, head to stuff.co.nz forward slash onceapanther, where you'll find links to every episode, as well as photos, artwork and feature articles. You'll also find links for subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google and so on. If you're listening on Apple, don't forget to give Once a Panther a five-star rating and review. It helps other listeners find us. This episode included audio from Getty. This podcast was made possible with help from New Zealand On Air. Hi, Adam Dudding here, Stuff's Podcast Director.
4: If you're enjoying this podcast... How about contributing to the Stuff supporter programme? You can contribute any amount you choose and you can do it just once or monthly or annually. Direct support from people like you helps us produce the kind of journalism you're listening to right now. Go to stuff.co.nz forward slash support.